right, and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody is having a fantastic Wednesday today. It's a beautiful day here in the beautiful state of Kentucky. It is a little bit chillier than it has been normal, but hey, folks, it is the end of September so we have to deal with it as always. Hey, if this is your first time listening to us, just like the announcer said at the beginning, make sure that you hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, uh, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many others, as you've already heard. Also, for you wrestling fans, uh, Donnie Cage and myself do host Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. And if you, uh, if you like wrestling, uh, we talk about past promotions, current promotions, as well as superstars, and the list goes on and on. Uh, also, the new book is out. It's on Amazon, as well as uh, Barnes & Noble and other places as well. Uh, America, the land of the sleeping. Uh, be sure to check it out if you'd like. It, uh, just, uh, it's a document, basically. It's a book about why I believe the things that I do. And uh, it's kind of a blueprint on how you get there. Be sure to check out our website. It is politicalnewspodcast.us. Politicalnewspodcast.us. And uh, everything will be down below, by the way, wherever you're listening to us from. In the description, I put links to everything on there, even some cool free stuff like Trump hats and stuff like coins and all that good stuff. So if you want to check it out, more than welcome to. Uh, also have some links on there that we're affiliates with uh, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast as well. But let's go ahead and get into this. This is Season 2, Episode 2 here on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Now, this episode is going to be uh, a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be about, uh, we're going to touch on as much as we can, time permitting, on Guantanamo Bay. Um, however, there are a couple things that I think uh, are need to be noted that we haven't discussed, right? And uh, when doing this research uh, for uh, Guantanamo Bay, there was a couple things that I found out, uh, and I kind of wanted to, it kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of ties it all together. Uh, so let's start off with. Uh, 70 years of royalty, but do we really know her? And that's Queen Elizabeth, uh, who just passed away, who they just buried. Um, do we really know her over here? A lot of people were saying a lot of nice things about her. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's go over this, uh, article out of, by the way, out of the UK. While the world has been fascinated by the weeks-long pageantry and occult, uh, occult uh, symbolism of Queen Elizabeth's funeral, it is worth stopping and asking ourselves, who is the woman that these people are mourning? Now, it says who we are mourning, but I didn't mourn her. Just to be honest with you, I, I, you know, it is what it is. I didn't mourn her. I hate it. hate it if she, if, if she, I hate it for uh, anybody you know, family members to lose somebody that they love, but yeah, uh, to say I'm actually mourning them, no. Uh, and does the royal family deserve the world's sympathy? 
So did you know, and these are some questions that I'm going to ask you that I found out, did you know that over 50,000 Canadian children were tortured, sexually abused, and some murdered at the Canadian church uh, that ran uh, that run the residential schools. And the Queen of England, okay, was found guilty by the International Tribunal into crimes of the church and state for the disappearance that she was found guilty of 10 children that she took in person and who were never seen alive again. This is not rabbit hole stuff. This is not conspiracy stuff. This is documentation, okay? Uh, this may come as a shock to you, but many, ca- many Canadians also allege that the Queen and Prince uh, Philip took orphans, uh, orphan children, in Canada on picnics. And these children were never returned to the orphanages or seen again. So what did the royals do with them? Release them into the woods or something? No. Uh, so surely, uh, if you guys follow this, you'd have to be living under a rock way back in the day if you never heard of this guy. He was he was so horrible and all over the news. They act like he was a big celebrity. So surely you've heard of Jimmy... Uh, Savile, he's actually a close personal friend of the British royal family and his best friend of the man who is now the king, if you want to call him that, uh, Charles III. It was revealed after uh, Seville's death that he was the supplier of children to the highest of high society pedophilia rings in the UK with the prime ministers, judges, police, and military top brass, high-ranking clergy, and yes, members of the royal family and the British uh, 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 were all involved. Uh, so let's see. Then we have Jeffrey Epstein, another close friend of the British royal family and best friend of Queen Elizabeth's favorite son, Prince Andrew. Epstein's exploits are currently the subject of an extreme cover-up by the courts and the powers to be. However, we know for a fact that like Seville, Epstein's supplier of children to the highest of high society in the U.S. and the Europe, with presidents, CEOs, and royalty all involved in his entire pedophilia ring. After understanding the nature of her two sons, it perhaps no surprise to find out that Queen Elizabeth II was found guilty of killing 10 young children in Western Canada in 1964. But it's the cover-up that really stinks here. William Combs, aged 59 in good health, was scheduled to be a primary witness at the opening session of the International Tribunal into Crimes of the Church and State on September 12th in London, England. The day before the opening session, William died suddenly of a still undeclosed cause. Hmm. Hmm. Sound familiar? The uh, Vancouver 
uh, coroner's office refuses, refuses to comment on William's death. See, they wouldn't get away with that here. Don't get me wrong, Hillary Clinton. I mean, there's people that that's done this, uh, <laughs> but they usually they have to frame it as a suicide, so we don't. Anyways, all right. So William was the sole survivor of a group of three young boys who claimed to have witnessed the abduction of ten children during a royal visit uh, to the Kamloops uh, uh, Residential School in mid-October 1964, when both Queen and Prince Philip were in Canada. It sounds like some absurd claim to many who do not uh, uh, relentlessly trace the ancestries of Europe royal families. But if you do your own research, uh-huh, uh, you will find some very interesting facts. And here's some that I found, too. Um, Charles is very proud of the fact that he is a direct descendant of Dracula. According to the NPR, uh, Prince Charles at that time said during a 2011 interview, Transylvania is in my blood. The genealogy shows that I am descended from uh, Vlad the Impaler, you see. In case you need a quick refresh refresher, during the 1400s, Vlad the third, commonly known as Vlad the Impaler, or Vlad Dracula, was the prince of uh, the modern-day what we call Romania. According to NBC, his father adopted the last name of Dracula, meaning dragon, which meant uh, Vlad's net, uh, last name became Dracula, son of the dragon. By all accounts, he was an extremely violent ruler. Britain and the Commonwealth now have Sovereign who is descended from the infamous tyrant who dipped his beard in the blood of his impaled victims. But it's not just Charles who shares blood with the darkness in high places. All uh, European royal families can trace back via at least one ancestor to a member of the imperial bloodline of the Roman Empire and the Roman emperors can trace back via at least one ancestor to the royal bloodline of the Egyptian dynasties, who in turn can trace back uh, via at least one ancestor to the Babylonian royal bloodlines, who were the first royals to claim a divine right to rule over mankind was bestowed upon them from supernatural entities they called gods. And we all know what happened to Babylonia, right? And the Persians, uh, the writing, the handwriting on the wall. If you don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you. You need to go read your Bible. Uh, and also, the first to engage in a ritualistic chi uh, child sex and sacrifice children to these gods and dark rituals. Since the Babylonians, many other kings and emperors around the world have copied them and claimed this divine right in their own countries. It appears that the royal family, ruled by Queen Elizabeth for 70 years and commonly understood uh, to exist as the head of the snake, also adopted children, uh, also adopted child sacrifice and ritualistic pedophilia as one of their ancient uh, rites and customs. What are the chances of two of the Queen Elizabeth's sons, Charles and Andrew, both being best friends 
with the most infamous pedophilias in their air? That's a good question. So if you're a, if you're a Christian, or if you read the Bible, always remember a warning that that was put in there. This world is ruled by the powers and principalities of darkness in high places. Okay, that's the okay. So they stuck that in there. Uh, <laughs> so that is. Uh, the natural world, right? God's in control of everything. He's never lost one ounce of control. Okay? What that means is, uh, well, your your leaders, right? In the White House, in the, in the Vatican, what have you. Uh, you have a lot of people that are rulers and have been for many years that are evil. It's fact. It is what it is. Especially now. I mean, he may look like a frail old man, but he won't tell you the truth. He's evil. And man, oh man, when you guys find out the truth about Joe Biden, oh, oh, oh. a lot of people is going to, I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people is going to have, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I look for people to, I look, some people are so crazy uh, on this, on the far left, just to be honest with you. They're so crazy when the truth comes out, they're liable to commit suicide or anything. I, I really, I don't put anything past these guys anymore. It's just, it, it's just, uh, it's crazy. Here's another article I want to read before we get into Guantanamo Bay, because I think it's important. By the way, if you learned something just now, you need to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, and this ties into the new, the new crown King Charles, right? Uh, I don't know why they don't do away with the monarchy in England now that, that uh, Elizabeth's gone. I, I don't get it. Uh, but right here is the major reason why. So for decades, attempts have been made to use climate change to justify a radical policy changes, but the Great Reset is the most ambitious and radical plan the world has seen in generations. And we're getting our first taste of its crippling agenda and our skyrocketing fuel and energy bills. Now, let's go back to June 2020. The World Economic Forum. And you guys heard me talk about this before. Uh, at that time, Prince Charles launched the Great Reset in an article announcing its launch. Uh, Klaus Schwab uh, wrote that all aspects of our societies and economies that's how they have it wrote, must be revamped from education to social contracts and working conditions. Quote, every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great recept of capitalism. You guys think I made that word up, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, great reset. No, this is all out of their playbook. This is their words. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, guys. I'm not making any of these words up. Uh, I, and I haven't heard these uh, words on a uh, video or a podcast somewhere with some of these nuts that are uh, are, are a little bit way too far right uh, that won't, you know, back, back it up with facts and try to give dates and stuff. Nobody knows what dates, the actual dates, anything's going to happen. It's a war, man. Nobody knows. You don't. 
You're not going to put it out there so your enemy finds out? Come on. Anyways, not to be outdone, Charles said, we have a golden opportunity to see something good from this coronavirus crisis. Think about when this was now. This was in 2020, the end of 2020. Uh, it's unprecedented shockwaves may, well, make people more receptive to big visions of change. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. This is interesting because a few years before Charles, the billionaire family and the Windsors uh, tried to use a state poverty fund to help heat their palaces. Uh, according to an independent AIDS, that's uh, <laughs> amazing. I mean, what? What? <laughs> I mean, that's just. Uh, it does. I, I mean, you talk about. Uh, man, I, I don't know. Uh, so, anyways, according to the Independent, which is a newspaper over there, AIDS complained to ministers in 2004 that the Queen's gas and electric electricity bills which had increased by 50 percent that year uh stood at more than one million uh one million dollars a year and became untainable this was in 2004 okay so i'm sorry i thought it was in uh 2020 this was in 2004 man these guys have just been evil from well 1964 i guess they have been evil all along uh keep buckingham palace's heating bill in mind while King Charles and Klaus Schwab echo fascist Great Reset drives our cost of living even higher, uh, plunging many more into poverty. Now, remember, this is they're talking about England, all right, the UK. They're not talking about America, all right. This this is the same thing we're going through, only uh, England started a, a much much earlier. Right. So rules for three rules for thee, and not for me. <laughs> Shortly after the launch of the Great Reset, the Hill wrote, <clears throat> although many details about the Great Reset won't be rolled out until the World Economic Forum meets in uh, Davos in January 2021. We actually covered that uh, meeting right here uh, on this on this podcast. Uh, when this was going on um and or no i'm wrong we we covered the 2022 meeting uh yeah the 20 sorry the 2022 meeting uh and the general principles of the plan are clear the world needs massive new government programs and far-reaching policies or put another way we need a form of socialism now the more details have been revealed uh, we would argue the Great Reset is more like a radical form of totalitarianism, communism. That's what I've called it from the beginning. In January 2020, uh, six months before the launch of the Great Reset, Charles attended the World Economic Forum's annual meeting at Davos for the first time in 30 years. Charles launched three, and this is the king, the newly crowned king, they call him. Uh, keep this in mind. Charles launched uh, three related instruments at Davos 2020, the Terra Carta, the uh, Sustainable Markets Initiative, 
and the Sustainable Markets Council. And don't estimate him, don't underestimate him, when the Great Reset was officially launched in June 2020, it was not by Swab or Bill Gates, but by Prince Charles of Wales, an heir apparent to the British throne. June 3rd, 2020, an anonymous date for those interested uh, can now be understood as day zero for the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum released a video on the same day to mark the launch of the Great Reset. In it, Charles stressed that the plan, including green policies that would suffocate businesses and individual freedoms worldwide, is a matter of urgency. He noted that this would involve net zero carbon emissions and the use of carbon pricing to achieve it. So, this video is still up. They've took it down. <laughs> uh, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But they took it down. But you can still find this video, I promise you, because I just watched it when I, well, not like just what I did when I was researching this. So, essentially, it is a carbon uh, dioxide tax, a price tax on all aspects of our lives and ultimately all life on Earth. How far is their proposed carbon tax prepared to go? What price will they put on our heads, and who will benefit financially? The answer to these questions are open-ended, but if you have been paying attention to any at all to the workings of the COVID pandemic, you will not be surprised to learn that Charles has been positioning the British monarchy to take control, uh, capitalize, and benefit from the carbon taxes the World Economic Forum intends to enforce. Strangely, this is what I was just talking about. You can still find it, though. Strangely, on the World Economic Forum's YouTube channel, there's only a short excerpt of Charles's five-minute speech to mark the launch of the Great Reset. Huh. So here's my question. Was Charles too honest <laughs> in his video? Because we know that Swab and the World Economic Forum, they do everything they can to cover up true information especially when it, it it's going to turn people off. And when you tell people they're going to have to suffer to save the planet, yeah, that's going to turn them off. So I just wonder, I just wonder, but don't make any mistake about it, folks. Don't forget, when you think about this royal piece of crap family, don't make any mistake that they are eco-fascist and they are a threat right here to us, to everybody listening. You may say, well, I'm on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, don't count on it. They are a threat to everybody. I don't believe they'll get a push through. But man, if we don't stand up, start standing up for our rights and keep standing up for them, we're done. So in a video recorded for the launch of the Climate Week in New York in September 2020, Charles called for a new Marshall-like plan to fight global... I watched this. This, this video here is very upsetting. It's still out there, too. Uh, global climate change, a reference to the U.S. plan to aid Europe after World War II. At the COP26, he escalated this warlike rhetoric 
calling for a military-style campaign. So here's the thing. What's he calling? Is he calling for a global uh, military to remove the authority of the national governments or, like, the national governments are, like, the people we, we elect. So he wants uh, um, to take military-style action against them? Yeah, that's exactly what he wants. I was just asking, just throwing that out there. That that's not a uh, that's a rhetorical question. Yes, that's what they want. They <laughs> they want a global military. They want a global police force. Is what they want uh, over the United States, over everyone. Remember, if they don't get us, their playbook is trash. It's over. I don't know how many times I've read that in that playbook. It, it's done. If they don't. If they don't get this country, it's over. It's over. doesn't matter what Charles does. It, it matters to the people living there. They're already suffering, and wintertime's coming. And they have no fuel for heat. This is why I'm going over this. I know that I said today's episode would be all about uh, Guantanamo Bay, but this stuff is important. And maybe I'll make an extra episode this week on Guantanamo Bay, but I, I just can't. Uh, just can't overlook this stuff. You know, so if you see Charles, the supposed king, and he's talking about carbon tax and other money-making schemes to profit from the life that's from people's lives itself, yell, no. Uh, I'll stand, and I will, I'll stand for humanity and no to this global war crap that they're wanting to do. It, it, it really is. It, it's a sad time, folks, when you just don't know uh, what's going to happen next. I mean, it, it really is. All right. So I, I wanted to mention those because during this, and it'll probably be a two-program, <laughs> a two-episode uh, discussion on Guantanamo Bay, um, it does tie into it to a sense, and you'll see what I'm talking about as time goes on. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Guantanamo Bay in today's episode, today's subject for the episode. Uh, so first of all, Joe Biden, uh, when he was campaigning, uh, one of his many uh, promises, his radical left promises, uh, and you know, nobody paid attention to him because I'm telling you, most of you were just like me, and I outlined this in the book. You really didn't care about Joe Biden. You didn't even look at him, what he was saying or anything, because you never thought he had a chance, right? So, but one of his radical promises in his campaign in 2020 was that the closing of the facility of the Guantanamo Bay, the prison, right? And that has been on the far-left agenda uh, since it was established during the uh, presidency of George W. Bush. Uh, the offshore jail was meant to hold uh, suspected al-Qaeda members captured during the invasion of Afghanistan in 2001. Here's my question. Why hasn't he closed it? I mean, he's, he's done everything or tried to do, he tried to do, and done everything 
that the far left wing nut jobs that supported him, uh, he's tried to push through. And some of it he has. That's why we're suffering today. And so, so if he's truly the commander in chief and he's truly the man, why hasn't he uh, pushed it through? Trump made executive orders. Uh, here, let me go over that. This is old, but it does tie in. Like, this is going back <laughs> to 2017, but it does tie in to uh, some of the things that are currently happening, right? So let's talk about this real quick. So during uh, President Trump's State of the Union address, he announced plans to expand Guantanamo Bay in order to house deep state traders such as Clinton, Podesta, and Obama. Now, you guys remember that? You don't. I know you don't. Most of you don't. Because they, the mainstream media, when they replayed it, they buried the details. Uh, they just, like, tucked them. <laughs> so with, with, the, with the many great announcements that former President Trump first official State of the Union address, tucked in the detail was a confirmation uh, activists worldwide have been looking for. Uh, President uh, Trump declared terrorists are not merely criminals. They are unlawful enemy combatants. When captured overseas, we must ensure that they are treated as the terrorists they are. He went on to say, I wonder how many of you remember this. And if you've been following devolution, you've heard of some of this. Uh, he went on to say, quote, I just signed prior to walking in. Uh, prior to walking in here, an order directing Secretary Mattis, who is doing a great job, thank you, uh, to re-examine our military detention policies and to keep open our detention facilities in Guantanamo Bay. There's a lot to unpack here, right? So first of all, in the straight in in his crafted speech, which he does so often, uh, are full of measured weighted. Uh, words, phrases, and the use of his language, right? He specifically makes the point of saying he just signed this executive order right before he entered into Congress to deliver a speech. That communicates a clear message. It's activated. You're in trouble. Sorry. Some of you won't believe it. I got it. Sorry. Wait and see. And this must be considered in the context of Trump's earlier executive order, you guys have heard me talk about this on the special reports, on December 21st, targeting human traffickers and corrupt individuals. Buried in that order is a declaration of national... Now listen closely to this. Buried in that order is a declaration of national emergency. And in that situation, thanks to the Patriot Act... Uh-huh. Any of this sound familiar? The powers of the presidency are massively expanded. This allows the president to declare anyone, American or not American, whomever, whatever, anywhere on the planet, an enemy combatant, and send them straight to Guantanamo. The executive order is publicly viewed on the executive order archives. Uh, if you don't know where that is, email me and I'll send you a thing, but you can find it. A little bit of research, you can find it, just like I did. Actually, that executive order is actually in the book <laughs> that I just put out. Anyways, um, 
there have been so many odd occurrences surrounding Guantanamo that's been observed, especially in the last couple months. Now, remember, this is 2017, okay? This is an old, this is old, but it, it, it relates now. So, uh, so first, in December, there were multiple occurrences of disruption to air travel within United States that accompanied uh, reports of an unprecedented amount of air traffic headed for Guantanamo. Now, the speculation at that time was that following the uh, Saudi purge and the Wahhabi prince being arrested, large networks of ISIS terrorists were being identified and handed over to the U.S. authorities, who continue, by the way, to maintain silence over those events. Uh, uh, but equally, in the light of the order, these could have be other corrupt persons and human traffickers declared enemy combatants and dispatched to Guantanamo. Uh, you can, uh, I mean, the flight records are out there. I tell you somebody, uh, by the way, I've got to give them credit anyway, so I might as well mention them now. I may not get to them in this episode, but uh, Monkey Warwicks, if you don't know him, uh, he is the master when it comes to, he's got all the cool tools and everything. He can show you. He, he does it. He's on YouTube. He's got his own website, Monkey Warwicks. Uh, he can show you visually uh, the traffic that's been coming in and out of Guantanamo Bay. Now, listen, there's only, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead here, and, and I, I've got it uh, typed up to tell you, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, there's only supposed to be 37 prisoners left there. That's it. Why in the world would you have this much traffic? We're going to get into that. That's why I had to give him a shout-out. I just don't think it'll be this episode. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, uh, Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay, has long been on Trump's radar as a hole into which to throw the corrupt while a court process that is credible can be established to try them. Here, Trump is speaking about Guantanamo Bay to the Miami Herald in August of 2016. This is before he was elected, by the way. Uh, that's why it doesn't say President Trump. Uh, asked about Guantanamo in the past, Trump has said he would like to load it up with bad dudes. He wouldn't specify to the Herald whether, as president, he would again allow terrorism suspects uh, captured abroad to be transferred to the detention center. Quote, I want to make sure that if we have a radical Islamic terrorist, we have a very safe place to keep them, he said. President Barack Obama, he added, is allowing people to get out that are terrible people. Quote, would you try, or this was a question, would you try to get the military commissions, sound familiar, commissions, uh, the trial court U.S. citizens, a reporter asked. Quote, well, I know that they want them, they want to try them, in our regular court system. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all, he said. I would say they would be tried there. That would be fine. <laughs> oh, man. Everything this guy, this guy has been on the, on the right side before he ever was in office, ever elected. Uh, they come to Trump and ask him, to run 
he didn't just do the, all right i won't get into it today but anyways so now we move forward to recent times which is not recent times till 2017 trump wanted uh to massively increase spending at gitmo uh the figure of a half of a billion dollars was reported by miami herald a year later in august 2017 both Defense Secretary Mattis and Attorney General Jeff Sessions made unusual and irregular visits to Guantanamo Bay during 2017. Uh, Sessions toured the facilities in July 2017. Defense Secretary Mattis visited on December 21st, the first visit by a Defense Secretary in 16 years. The very same day, that he visited, Trump signed the executive order targeting human traffickers and corrupt individuals. And concurrent with this was the deployment of the full Arizona National Guard military police unit to Guantanamo Bay. Their mission was shrouded in secrecy. All of this points to a massive expansion of activity at Guantanamo Bay and plans to significantly increase the amount of enemy combatants being detained there. And it also means that when it comes to handling the most dangerous enemies, Trump's America is ready. Trump is ready for the cabal agents of the deep state and their frontmen, the Barack Obamas, Hillary Clintons, the child traffickers, the Satanists, the truly rod and corrupt. And guys, I'm this right here is not me. The, I'm reading this out of a well-known paper uh, <laughs> uh, those own too many favors to be to be too many bent judges and agents to ever keep a straight and fair trial wow so uh, <laughs> so you know once again this plan you know and I've said this before this is not a new plan this is, uh, and I'm talking about this war, and if, once again, if you don't think we're in a war, uh, I don't know what else you can hear from me uh, to convince you otherwise, because we're in a war. I mean, it's obvious we're in a war. I'll tell you something that recently, let's go recently really quick uh, to 2021. I know we're out of time, but in 2021, it, it, it finally come out in December of 2021 that the Pentagon uh, is building a second courtroom for war crime trials at Guantanamo Bay. This is 2021. Oh, but Biden's going to shut him down because he's the commander-in-chief. Yeah, no, he's not. Uh, that will uh, exclude the public from the chamber. Uh, the latest step towards secrecy in the nearly 20-year-old detention operation. The new courtroom will allow two military judges to hold proceedings simultaneously. So let me ask you a question. We already, if you got 32 people there, right? Uh, yeah, why you need another courtroom and why you need two judges going simultaneously? The new courtroom uh, will be finished by 2023. This is the latest retreat from uh, transparency in an already grassroots uh, national security matter. So, by the way, if you can't tell, this was a leftist, this was the New York Post that wrote this, uh, where the military and intelligence 
agencies have uh, restricted what the public can see. This included a ban on photography uh, sites that were once regularly shown to visitors and a ban on journalists from populated and empty prisons of war. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. There's only 32 people there, according to your all's report. By the way, I keep saying that. I was going to say it earlier. I'm not going to wait the next episode and get some crazy emails from y'all. Look, nobody knows. Not nobody, but you're not going to find how many people are actually there from the Internet and these sources that say 32, 37, what have you, are left. Uh, they're guessing. You don't know unless you've been there or you're flying a plane there or you're Donald Trump. Sorry, you just don't know. So in the current chamber of the Guantanamo Bay War Tribunal, uh, which opened in uh, 2008, uh, members of the public watching the proceedings live hear the audio with a 40-second delay, enough time for the judge or security guard to cut off the sound if they suspect that a classified item has been mentioned. This allowed viewers in the gallery uh, in January 2013 to see the puzzled gaze of an army judge after the CIA remotely cut video feeds of the proceedings. Another time, only observers in the room saw guards bring an uncooperative defendant to court strapped to a restraint chair followed by soldiers wearing uh, his prosthetic by a soldier wearing his prosthetic leg. Hmm. Uh, But the new courtroom is what is described as a cost-saving measure, does not have a gallery. Only people with secret clearance, such as members, I wonder why, such, such as members of intelligence community and special authorized guards and lawyers will be allowed into the new room. Uh, to work around this problem, court staff are designing a virtual gallery with multiple camera angles displayed simultaneously, said Ron something, spokesman for the uh, Officer of Military Commissions. There's that word again. Uh, the public would be escorted there to watch the proceedings broadcast with a 40-second delay. During uh, recess in the current courtroom, lawyers and other court participants often speak with journalists and relatives of the victims of the terrorist attacks. Routine contact uh, reportedly lost with the virtual gallery. <laughs> the same would apply to the ability of a designer to observe the proceedings live. The construction plan illustrates uh, the continued uh, improvisation at Camp Justice, the court compound in Guantanamo where the military has used modular structures and tents since 20, uh, 2007 to avoid building more permanent structures which require congressional approval. The second tribunal was designed before President Biden, <laughs> of course it was, duh, uh, before President Biden took office with the aim at ending detention operations at the Guantanamo Bay base. It is being built in the United States to be assembled at Guantanamo Bay and is expected to be in operation by mid-2020 or 2023. Uh, Meanwhile, workers can be seen 
in the courtroom preparing a space adjacent to the existing courtroom for the new one. But <laughs> the defense ministry officials have yet to decide where to place the virtual gallery or calculate the cost, he said. The new court only has room for three defendants, which is too small for the 911 case. Gee, I wonder what they're going to put in there then. <laughs> they're not going to put all those guys in there because uh, they have five defendants from the joint death penalty trial. Uh, yeah. So the <laughs> uh, Oh, man. Uh, we'll get back into this on next episode. There is so much evidence coming out, folks. This isn't, 20, this isn't, by the way, this isn't 2017. What I just got done reading. This is recent. Uh, shoo. There, there's so much stuff. There is so much stuff coming out. If you really, really, in deep down in your heart, don't believe anything's going on behind the scenes, I don't know what else to tell you, folks. I really don't. Uh, I mean, it, it's so obvious now. It's not even funny. All right, so you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hey, everybody, have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.